Well, good morning and welcome to the Hills Church at home. Uh, if you're watching live, so great to be with you this morning. If you're catching up, we're glad that you're a part. And if you're listening um, by podcast, we're glad that you're uh, listening and following along as well, too. Um, so get everybody up. If you haven't got them up, pour your coffee, get something, and sit down. You can download our message notes from our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can download the kids' activity sheet there as well, too. And um, you can grab your Bibles, and you can open today to Matthew chapter 13. Uh, we'll be in verse 44 to 46. This is week 18 that we've been doing live stream. And if somebody would have said this years ago, you know, you're going to have a, a concerted time that you're not going to be in your church facility, you know, none of us would have believed that. But for uh, 18 weeks, we've been coming live stream through camera into your home, your phone, however you follow along, you know, and we, we go through a routine uh, every Sunday morning checking everything, making sure it's good, making sure that there's no dog poop behind the screen, making sure that everything's ready to go so that we can take time together to dig into God's word, to pray, to hear from him, to listen to what he says in these days at these times because God is speaking. And we've taken this summer as a, a series to look at the parables, or we've called it summer stories, looking at the parables, the short stories uh, of Jesus. We're going to do that today. We're going to only look at a few verses, but it's very powerful to begin for us to grab that heart over and over. This heart needs to hear it every day. This heart needs to be scrubbed every day to listen to the principles and the life uh, of Jesus. You know, what probably was sometime within this last year, and I don't remember exactly when we discovered it, but my son had a knife on him. And I, we finally asked him, where did you get that knife? Well, a friend of his had given him a knife. You know, nice, nice knife. And well, as things sometimes happen, he loses the knife. I don't remember exactly how long the knife had been lost, but let's say it was a month or so. And I mean, he looked in our cars and he looked in his room, he looked in his closet, under his bed. And I mean, he was just, you know, he was kind of distraught. He really wanted to find that knife. He really liked that knife. And I remember walking in his room and I just barely pushed a chair up and there was the knife. It was right where he hadn't looked. It was like that little simple place, but he was doing everything he could to find what was lost because it had great value or importance to him that he would take the time to go through just about every place that he could to try to find it. But it was simple. It was right in front of him. In fact, the story today, as we're going to read about the kingdom of God, Jesus is going to give simple illustrations to the hearer, to the listener. But many times we don't listen. But I want us today, I want us to pray and I want us to listen to the words of Jesus in a story that he wants to speak to us even today. So Lord, we stop this morning, we settle ourselves, even if the morning has been busy and, 
and hectic and getting up and getting ready, or, or if somebody's just getting up right now, Father, we thank you that you are speaking in these days. Let us not be people that are confused, but let us be people that are searching your scriptures for answer. Let us tune in our hearts to listen to what you would say. Let our hearts connect today with your heart. Let us be shaped by your character. Let us surrender to do your will. And we pray these things in Jesus' name and say it with me, amen. Matthew chapter 13, I wanna look at verses 44 to 46. Matthew 13, 44 to 46. Here's what Jesus says. And, and, and I really, I circled both of the times that he says again. You know, he, he's teaching, really, it's that line upon line. He's following up with these different parables, teaching about the kingdom of God. But here's what he says. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Let me read that one again. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy he goes over and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Remember that, that one pearl. So when Jesus is talking about finding the kingdom, he uses terms like this. He's taught us that finding the kingdom is like finding something of incredible value, and that you'd gladly leave everything else behind to go and get it. You know, Jesus in his parables, he's going to reveal spiritual truth to a common daily illustration that everybody would have understood. The parables, though, will provoke us to decide if we press in to listen to what he says, or if we turn away from his words. Will we respond like some of the disciples Jesus had, and when his words seemed too radical for the day, they turned and they walked away? Or will we be like Nicodemus, the woman at the well, Peter, and many others that when he said his words, and they were hard sayings, and they were hard to follow, they still left all to follow him. That's the thought today. When his words seem too hard, do we still press in and follow, or do we simply walk away? So let's read that scripture again, Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 through 46, and he says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it goes and sells all that he has to buy the field. 
Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. You know, back in those days, Bible days, you might want to refer to as ancient days, they didn't have the banks or the financial institutions like we have today. So many times what they did is they took their valuables, they took their money or they took things that were value and they hid them. They dug up an area on the property and they hid it in a a certain place. That's why my title today is called Buried Treasure. It was hidden. Much like we read today or we'll watch a movie or we'll hear a story that people were keeping all of their cash hidden in their mattress or people keep valuables today in a safe, or people hide their valuables in their freezer in their house, or they buy devices so that it looks like something common, but they can hide valuables. Well, in this day, the valuables were hidden in the field, and just just like, you know, we know there's, there's no useless dirt. We know the land has value, but this land has unique value because of what's been hidden, all of this, the Bible treasure was hidden in the field. Now, Jesus is, remember, again, the kingdom of heaven is like this. This field represents the world. The treasure was hidden in the world. And so, though it was found and hidden, somebody goes and they sell everything that they have and they buy this field. You know, it's that example of Jesus, that he would lay everything down, his own life, his own reputation, that he would humble himself in the appearance of man, that he would submit down his life so that he could purchase this entire field back. Jesus uses that word. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a man that sells it all to gain that treasure that's in the land. The other illustration that we get here is uh, the pearl, that there's this one pearl of great price, and he went and he sold all that he had to buy the one pearl. Now, I want you to think about the pearl, and we'll look at this example here in just a minute. The pearl was the most valuable jewel in the ancient world. They had not figured out yet how to mine and create all of the jewels that we have today. Uh, Pearls were so hard to get, they didn't have the diving equipment. They didn't have the way to to manufacture, like we know what happens today is, you know, we have man-made pearls. So they were the most valuable thing of that day. They were so hard to come by They were so rare, they were so valuable, but we would say this today, that diamonds are what? A girl's best friend. You don't hear of a guy where he's, you know, going to propose to what would, his girlfriend, which would be the fiance, get down on his knees and open the ring box, and it's a pearl. We We don't think of those things as value today. We think of it some type of diamond or stone or something of value, not necessarily a pearl, but a pearl back in Bible days was rare, had great value. It was so hard to come by to get 
that in this one illustration, that one pearl of great price, uh, he sold all to buy it. Now notice a little bit different when we read this, is he didn't buy a section of the ocean like the guy did with the land. He bought one pearl, one pearl. Not Notice, not the ocean. Think about that, we'll come back to a minute. He didn't buy the ocean, he just bought the one pearl. You know, the main point of these, really these two uh, illustrations to us is not that the kingdom is bought, but it costs everything that you have to be a part of the kingdom, and it is so worth it. Yeah, I remember the first time sitting down and enduring um, watching the movie Annie. Just wasn't, you know, something that uh, I would sit down and naturally watch, but I watched it with my family, and I'll never forget there's that one part in the scene when, you know, uh, they're devising a way, I believe, does she get, somebody can correct me later, kidnapped or somebody grabs her. And there's a song that's sung called Easy Street. They think that they're going to have it now the easy way. And I think one of the lyric, lyrics of it is, now we can sleep till noon because we're on Easy Street. You know, so many things nowadays have, have technology-wise, have allowed us to have ease of things and it can slowly slip into our life where we forget about that many of the things that we do or attain require hard work. And when we read about the kingdom, the point here is not that the kingdom is bought. The point here is that the kingdom costs everything to buy back the land to get the one great pearl of price that nothing comes free. It costs something. And we're to prize the kingdom more than we prize anything else, the value of that kingdom. You know, the Apostle Paul, when we read about him in the Bible, not only was he a scholar of scholar, not only was um, he quickly rising up in the ranks, he was, the Bible says, the Hebrew of Hebrews. We could call him the golden boy of that day, he was actually a descendant, an actual descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But listen to what he says about this relationship that he has with his Lord Jesus Christ in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. But what things were gained to me, I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. And I count them as rubbish that I might gain Christ. All of his study and his years and his hard work, all of the things that he was working to to elevate, he became the persecutor of Christians. He was the uh, in perfect descent of his descendants. And yet he says this, I count all those things as lost that I may gain Christ. The number one thing that the Apostle Paul was striving after for was his Lord Jesus Christ. But in our illustration today of Jesus's parable, notice 
Notice something what the man did. The man sold everything he had. And you know what the Bible says? It says he did it with joy. He sold everything that he had to buy this land and he did it with joy. And for joy he goes and he sells all that he has and he buys the field. The kingdom of God is so valuable that losing everything on earth and gaining the kingdom is the happy trade-off or what we read in the Bible uh, is joy. And that is the main point. It's what's in your heart. What are you striving for after your heart? You know, we read that about Jesus, don't we? In uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, where it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of God. Notice that one. For who the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Notice the joy of Jesus. He would endure the cross and shame, knowing that he'd sit down at the right hand of God, but the process, the whole reason of laying his life down on the cross was to get you and I back. I'll buy the field so that I can get the hidden treasure. I'll get that pearl, that one pearl of great price. I'll go and get it, I'll give it all up so that I can have that one pearl of great price. Jesus gave his all to secure the kingdom, but in the kingdom was you and me. He gave it all. He possesses now all of the treasure. But you know what? What I find interesting with Jesus coming down and and, um, coming into the likeness of men, the glory of him, the glory of the kingdom, all of his power and might was hidden in a human body. He was restricted, but he became just like one of us, lived among one of us, tempted but never, never sinned, endured temptation that Satan came on him three times, endured the shame, endured the traps, endured the pain of the cross, but he still bought the whole field and he still would buy that one pearl. You know, the power of the gospel, as Jesus talks about, is really hidden in simplicity. Jesus said a child could understand the gospel. You know what that means? That we're not taking the time to listen and to read his words and to apply them into our life. You know, we have this, we we buy a toaster oven and we get the manual and it has a thousand pages and we throw the thing out. There's no way I'm going to read a thousand pages to figure out, I can figure out how to turn this thing on and off and the temperature I want. But in, in life, there are so many things that come at us. There are so many things even today that are coming at us that he's given us his words, insight into the kingdom. He's given us his Holy Spirit to be our teacher. And he wants us to mine these fields to find that buried treasure in there, to find those riches that are in there 
so that when we live this night, we're not just living this life, we're living this life to the full because of him. The most, the two most important words that we read in that are the words for joy. For the joy, he sells it all to buy the field because he knows he gets the treasure. You know, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 is where we read this very familiar uh, verse. Many times people don't know it's in Nehemiah. It says this, for the what? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Didn't say your land is your strength. Didn't say the pearl. Didn't say the treasure. Didn't say your house. Didn't say your vehicle. It's the joy of the Lord that is your strength. What got Jesus through enduring the cross and despising the shame? It was not only the joy of the Lord, but it was the joy of purchasing back the land, the field, us, getting back that pearl, that one that in every one of us is it has individual value to the Lord Jesus Christ. He buys it all back. And you know, when we read this, you know what? What really, when I, I was thinking through this last night, what really breaks my heart in just the last few weeks is to see so many in our world that are living hopeless. So many young people, even these days, that uh, are dying due to suicide at such a young age. Yet on the outside, they have it all. They have the name and the, they, they have the status and they have the the homes, and they go on the vacations and the vehicles, and they show everybody the life that they live. But on the inside, everything is hopeless. There's no joy. There's no purpose. Because the true joy and purpose in this life are only found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then following after his kingdom, his value, Asking him, I'm partnering with your heart in your mission. Help me do so. You know, we will always have this battle, the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. You know, get your Bible and read Genesis chapter one and chapter two, and you'll see how God designed everything to operate. Yet when we read Genesis chapter three, we see right away it comes in the kingdom of darkness, the devil himself, and he doesn't use anything new. It's the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It's the same thing today. He tried it with Jesus in the wilderness, but Jesus overcame the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. He overcame all of that. But to you and I, every day we have the choice and the Bible's very clear that it's the same thing that the devil himself uses, that three-prong attack, lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. But God goes a different way. God uses love as a motivator to draw us into a voluntary surrender to him. That's right. You have to surrender. You know what it is? It's a daily surrender. The apostle Paul said, crucify your flesh daily. He and he alone has the power to set you free from the kingdom of darkness. 
And you need to be reminded today, you're living in either one of the two kingdoms and you're only there by choice. Get out of the kingdom of darkness and get into the kingdom of light. Get into the kingdom where God would look at this world system, John 3.16, and he would love this world system. Read your Bible, Genesis 3, 4, 5, 6. And when you read all of that, we would say he loved the system. He loved the people. He created people to have a relationship with. He would come in the cool of the day to be with Adam and Eve. But Adam and Eve chose to surrender to the kingdom of darkness. And so our battle goes, but you accept Jesus, you're in the kingdom of light. You're in his kingdom. You're following his kingdom principles. His kingdom principles overcome the kingdom of darkness. His kingdom principles give you wisdom and insight. In his kingdom, he deposits in you the Holy Spirit, the teacher, the one that speaks to you, guides you, leads you into truth, speaks to you through the night, gives you direction in these days on how to live, not only how to survive, how to thrive, how to um, adapt, improvise, overcome, because you're led by the Holy Spirit. It's what Jesus did. He was led by the Spirit, directed by the Spirit. And when you get in on that kingdom, that's how you're led. You know, if, if you're listening today and you're in that kingdom of darkness, get out of the kingdom of darkness. Make the choice. Surrender today. Get in the kingdom of light. Get into his kingdom. Follow after Jesus. You'll never, ever want to turn back. You'll be in the midst of battles, I guarantee you. But you'll have somebody that will lead and guide you through the battle because battle upon battle upon battle is where victory happens. You know what's the most exciting part of a sports game? It's when the score is tied and there's only a few minutes to go and every eye are on one team because somebody has to overcome. You know, it's kind of like that in the battle. Stay in the battle. Don't go easy street. Stay in the battle. Stay in his word. Look what he bought back. Look what Jesus surrendered. Look what he's given you. Look what he's deposited in you. You're that pearl of great price that he sold it all just to get you, just to get you back. I love that one verse where it says that one thing. Um, When he found the one pearl of great price, he went and sold it all. I would have bought the ocean. No, he wanted you back. So today, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, and we do this each and every week. It's so important. So don't tune out right now. Tune in. Listen to what the Lord might be saying to you. You know, Romans uh, 10, 9, and 10 says that if you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's getting right in on his kingdom. In fact, I would like you to pray this prayer with me. In fact, whoever is listening, whoever is watching, you pray this prayer too. 
Allow yourself to get used to praying this prayer so that you can lead others in the very first most important prayer that you'll ever pray in your walk with your Lord Jesus Christ. Pray this with me. Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I begin my relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Whether you prayed that for the first time or you prayed it today, rededicating your life to your Father, my heart and my prayer is that you would reach out to us today. You can comment on social media if you'd rather it to be private. Would you email us, info at hillschurcharcadia.org. But today, would you get a, a Bible or look up a Bible or download a Bible app? Go to our website, download our Bible reading plan. Would you begin today reading God's word over you? Get in in his kingdom thinking, his kingdom mindset, especially in these days that we're living. Get in on what he thinks. His ways are higher than our, way, our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We surrender to his ways. Well, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, I, I want to read these two short verses and allow these to be verses, uh, really like an anthem today of your heart and what you're believing God for. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 7, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Don't live walking by what you see Live by faith in what God says. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13. I love this verse. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. This actually could be a verse that we read every day just to, to get ourselves centered for our day. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong. Well, as we do each week, would you pray this prayer uh, with me? In your giving, allow God to begin to move in your midst because you are honoring him. As I give in today's offering, by faith, I see my God working on my behalf to open doors that have been shut, to open up my mind to new ideas and my heart to new passions. I give today with great expectation to my God to do the impossible. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're giving, there's actually two ways that you can give. You can go to our website. You can click on the give button and you can give that way. It's fast, safe, uh, and secure. If you're giving by mail, you can mail send your mail to the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And we thank you 
for your uh, faithfulness and support of the ministry. Remember, each and every Wednesday night, we take time, we do a Wednesday night gathering and we do communion together and we do it through Zoom and we would love for you to be a part. So remember, set an alert. We send out an email at the beginning of the week to give everybody a, a code. If you'd like to be a part of that and you're not on our email list, well, just let us know. Email us at info at hillschurcharcadia.org or go to our website and you can click on the contact page and you can reach out to us as well. And as we do each and every week, it's so important and I, I love this verse and I pray this over all of us every single day. Psalm 121, one and two. I look up to the hills, David said, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Psalm 121, one and two. We praying for you. We love you. Get on the right side of the kingdom. Get on the right side of kingdom thinking. And look at all that Jesus did for your life. Bought it all back. He loves you so much. The Lord bless you. Have a great day today and have a great week.